The Self-Helpful Podcast is brought to you by Ziegler, your premier source for equipping coaches to help leaders and top performers excel professionally and personally. Visit Ziegler.com and let them inspire your true coaching performance. So I just want to ask you real quick, what are you? Are you goal-focused or are you a problem solver? Well, I've got some good news either way. Good news for you. It's not negative to identify a problem. In fact, it's very positive to identify the problem because then and only then can you start to work on the solution. Problem-focused people are people who like solving problems. It only goes negative when all you can think about is the problem. You never move to the solution. Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and in this show, we discuss a very relevant paradigm shift on the topic of goals. Chances are you've had goals pounded into you for many years from Ziggler, from us is one of those places. And the term goals may or may not inspire you. And due to that, you may even feel guilty for not being motivated to have set and focus on goals. It sounds kind of blasphemous. Again, coming from us, the Ziggler show, the veritable kingdom of goals. I mean, that was a primary term Zig Ziggler is known for, correct? Well, Totally. But what you'll hear in this show is that the point of goals is getting to an end result, is setting a destination and taking the action steps to get there. But the truth is more people are motivated by solving problems as that tangible focal point. And that's not mere semantics or playing with words. It's truly foundational regarding how you set your course and achieve anything. So we kick off this message with a four minute clip from Tom Ziegler, our CEO at Ziegler and Zig Ziegler's son. And this was derived, this discussion came from a talk that Tom and I had together about this aspect of being goal-driven or problem-driven. I had never heard it put this way, and it really resonated with me. The concept did so much so I said, we've got to do a show on this. So here is that show. From Tom's four-minute message that I'll play for you in a minute, I posted this question on Facebook. I asked, are you more motivated by achieving goals or solving problems? We got a truckload of responses, and they lined up precisely to the exact percentage that Tom shares in this message you're going to hear in a moment regarding how many of us are goal or problem driven. And it was really amazing. Tom and I then talked through, of course, a lot of your comments. So thank you for that. And as always, I invite you, you can join these weekly discussions by friending or following me on Facebook at agent K Miller. All right. So now we're going to start off with Tom's paradigm shifting message about goals after I share some valuable resources with you. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place. Like Texas, you've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. 
Okay, here then is a four-minute message from Tom Ziegler. A question for you. Are you goal-focused or are you a problem-solver? I tell you what, I am a big believer in setting and achieving goals. However, as much as I like setting and achieving goals, I love identifying and solving problems. That's right. I, I love the idea of just solving a problem, of overcoming an obstacle, of, of you know, working to get that to-do list done. Nothing's better than getting a to-do list done. But I have a mind shift for you. One of my good friends, his name is Bob Teedy. In fact, he's been on the Ziegler Show before. He was sharing with me from one of his friends who's a consultant expert. This is what he said. He said that 20% of the population is goal-oriented, while 80% are problem-oriented. Let's talk about that for a second. 20% are goal-oriented. They get fired up about taking the dream, the desire, the goal, you know, breaking it down, writing it all out, and working towards it every day. But when you think about it, only one in five people are motivated that way. 80% are naturally bent towards solving problems. They love the to-do list. They like seeing a problem and then figuring out how are they going to solve that problem? So I just want to ask you real quick, what are you? Are you goal-focused or are you a problem solver? Well, I've got some good news either way. Good news for you. It's not negative to identify a problem. In fact, it's very positive to identify the problem because then and only then can you start to work on the solution. Problem-focused people are people who like solving problems. It only goes negative when all you can think about is the problem, you never move to the solution. So here is the Ziegler mind shift for you today. I want you to think about if you're a problem solver, I want you to, in your own mind, modify the seven-step Ziegler goal-setting system. Here it is. Step number one in our goal-setting system, we have identified the goal. And so in your mind, I want you to think, okay, I'm going to use this system to solve problems. So what's step number one? Identify the problem. Number two, in our goal setting system, my benefits to reaching this goal. We, we, we teach that if, if you want to achieve a goal, it's got to be worth it. So you write the benefits down. It's the same with solving a problem. You've got to identify the benefits to solving the problem. Step number three major obstacles and mountains to climb to reach this goal. Change the word goal there for solve this problem. What are the major obstacles and mountains you got to climb to solve the problem that's in front of you? Step number four, skills or knowledge required to reach this goal. Change it to problem. What skills and knowledge required to solve this problem? You see how these steps work either way? Now, some of your minds right now are beginning to go down the path of, wow, this is fantastic. This is a system to solving problems. That's exactly what it is. Step number five, individuals, groups, companies to work with to achieve this goal or to solve this problem. It works again, doesn't it? Step number six, the plan of action to reach this goal or to solve this problem. This is where the to-do list comes in. This is where the daily activities. And finally, what's the completion date for this goal? or of this solution. So here's an example, and then we'll wrap it up. Your goal could say this, I wanna weigh 189 pounds on September 1st, 2018. That's a great goal. It's positive, it's present tense, it says this is who I am and this is what I weigh. 
If you're more problem solver oriented, what you might say is, I need to lose 10 pounds by September 1st, 2018. Don't you see how the steps there go together? We're so glad you're part of the Ziegler Show. Think about this question and let's hear from you and what your thoughts are versus problem solving a goal setter. Well, there you go, friends. How intriguing is that message? So again, from the, this talk, what Tom said here, I posted this question on Facebook. Are you more motivated by achieving goals or solving problems? Here then, Tom and I talked through a lot of your responses. Okay, Tom. Well, so here's, here's the, uh, here's the punchline. Your quip of, or your statement of 20% are goal oriented, 80% are problem oriented. So when I divvy up all the responses that we got on Facebook and list out, here's how many picked goals, here's how many picked problems. Now I did take out a segment though, who debated, uh, you know, the validity of one or the other. So if I take them out and just go with the ones who spoke goal or spoke problem, it is literally 80, 20. Just as you said. Oh, wow. No lie. That's awesome. I, yeah, no lie. The exact number, <clears throat> which is very interesting. I've, I've done that poll informally about 10 times in, in training and in classes and on webinar. Same thing. It's amazing. Well, it's it's literally the numbers. And folks, if you if you want to verify that, go to Facebook. Find me, Agent K. Miller. You can go find me. This was the, uh, when did I post this? I don't have that up in front of me. Uh, July, week of July 15, something like that. Um, and you can count them. July 13th. July 13th. July, thir July 13th. And you can count them up, literally. Uh, well, and so the interesting ones will be the ones who, who you know, were debating which is which or if one leads into the other. So, hey, I'll just start. And, and right off the bat, you know, Glenn says solving problems. Gregory, solving problems. Vincent, solving problems. Leslie, solving problems. Joe, solving problems. Nate then comes in and says achieving goals. There is no problem to solve if there is not an end uh, stated goal debatable statement. Um, <laughs> it, that's more of a perspective, isn't it? I mean, it, if it, if it feels that way, if you got a goal and it erases the problem, I mean, I, I can understand that just from an inspirational standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, and what I'm doing is golly, I can't tell you how many times I talk to somebody about goal setting and it's like they have these imaginary handcuffs because they just can't get excited about it. And so my idea is the mind shift. Just imagine you're systematically solving a problem and it's like you can feel the handcuffs come off. Yeah. Well, what, what they've really done is they've just turned a goal into a problem. <laughs> and yeah. what, what Nate is saying is the opposite, right? We're turning a problem into a goal. So it's kind of the two sides of the same coin. I like it. It It is. It is. Well, he actually goes on to say the majority of goals I hit – and I have problems to solve. I feel that I am much more successful at achieving my goal if I solved problems along the way. For me, solving a problem is getting back on the road, but achieving a goal is arriving and being able to celebrate the goal and all the problems I fix on the way. I'm more motivated to say I, I made it. Um, I don't mind doing the work to make it. You know, and as I think about this, Tom, you know, for myself, it's kind of like the personality profiles, right? You do those and go, Oh, you're, let's say the disc profiles. I'm a, I'm a D I'm an I I'm a, an S. And then you think, okay, if you are that personality profile, then this must be who you are. And it doesn't usually pan out perfectly. I always say there's no thoroughbreds. And in this, you know, I, I think that there are some things where I am motivated by a goal. And there are sometimes 
when I'm motivated by a problem and uh, yeah, so maybe we're all a little, a little schizophrenic in how we look at it. Well, here's another thing that I like, and that is when we look at um, goal achievement, there are things that we call driving forces. Mm. So setting the goal, the new house, all those things, that's a driving force. Hey, I want that. There's also another psychological term called restraining forces. These are the ropes that are tying us down, the things that are holding us back. Or we could even say the problems that are limiting our ability to achieve our goal. Yeah. And in order to achieve the goal, we got to solve the problems that are holding us back, right? We got to cut those ropes that are tying us down. Or in order to solve the problem, we have to have a compelling reason to solve it, which could be the goal that we get excited about or the fact that we don't like the pain that we're in. Yeah. You know, in, in story brand, you know, he, he beautifully lays out that the, the audience, the reader, they're the hero. And when we bring the solution, we're the guide, right? The yeah. speaker's the guide, the author's the guide. And, and the first thing that we've got to show is, Hey, here are the consequences of the wrong choice. Here's the pain of the problem because a lot of people don't move unless they're sitting on a nail. Yeah. And, and so we've got to make that nail visible. And so that's why I found it interesting because the stats that you hear all the time is only 3% actually engage on a regular basis in a goals program. I wonder if we reframe the question and said, well, what percentage of the population would, would get involved in a problem solving program? Yeah. That's yeah. why I'm excited about this because I want more people to actually be actively engaged in achieving goals and solving problems because it's two, two sides of the same coin. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, you also we're, we're talking about that aspect of we know from a behavioral psychology standpoint that we as hum humans tend to respond more to pain than we do to desire, which sounds kind of negative, but uh, I can I can attest to that. It's interesting. Yeah, again, thinking about the things that I have in my own uh, ahead of me, which ones I frame as a problem, which ones as a Goal. And I do want to tell people, you mentioned story brand folks. He's, he's uh, referring to Donald Miller. We had Don, uh, on the show, gosh, probably a year ago, probably in 2017. Uh, but you can go check him out at storybrand.com. Uh, incredible book, incredible message. Um, well, Hey, Jennifer here says, uh, uh, well, she, she, she responded to Nate and said, yeah, she understands that too, that it can kind of mix up. But Steve says problems. Justin says problems, Tom problems, Belinda problems, Frank, a combo of both Marvin says both. Uh, Nate says they go hand in hand. Eric says problems. Well, so Laura says here, and she kind of, she kind of defines that. She says, I love solving problems, but I'm far more motivated by achieving goals. The former problems can make me overly sensitive to the negative. What's wrong. I need to fix it. Whereas goals feel more positive, more big picture. I totally understand that. So yeah, it, it, to some degree, Tom, we're talking about motivation, aren't we? What motivates us? And to your stat, we're saying, I guess, pain, a problem tends to more, but, uh, I totally understand what she's saying. If she's just focusing on the negative, she doesn't like that. What was the quote that you said? It was in the last show where we came up with the idea for this one, where you said, uh, you quoted Zig, you said it in the message too. 
um, that he said it's not a it's not a bad thing to come up with a problem. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What Dad said was it's it's not negative to identify the problem. Right. right. Okay. It's only negative to dwell on the problem and not focus on the solution. And so to me, the happy balance, the way we win on both sides of this coin is we get excited about identifying the problem. I mean, think about it. You're, you're feel crummy and you go to the doctor. They don't know what's wrong. You go to the next doctor. They don't know what's wrong. You go to the next doctor. They don't know what's wrong. Finally, you go to the specialist and they say, here it is. Here's the problem. I've got a plan. We can fix it. You've got relief right? You've now got hope and it's because, and only because you've identified what the problem is. Mm -hmm. And so now what you've got to do in that healthcare situation is you get solution focused. You start focusing on how can I change my body, my mindset, my environment to give me the best chance of healing as fast as possible. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So you, you identify the problem, you put all the energy into identifying the problem. And then once it's identified, you get solution focused. You set a goal. I'm going to have a hundred percent health back by a certain date. And you've kind of done both, right? Well, I like that. And the next person here is Jeff. He says, uh, achieving goals oftentimes is what motivates him. Oftentimes I need others to help me with solving problems. And I'll tell you in the business world, when I am, am actively at my vocational work, I am usually thinking about goals, things I want to see happen and then to make them possible. Then of course is a huge list of problems or challenges or things that need to be dealt with. And absolutely. That's when I need other, that's when I pick up the phone or start texting or emailing and hitting up the right people saying, okay, here's what I want to do. Uh, but here's a problem. I know, you know, this area, please help me. So I, I like that perspective. I think that's, that's a stout way to look at it, that if you're goal oriented, you're going to have problems in there and finding the right people. I mean, my gosh, there you go, Tom. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Right. You know, what's interesting about Jeff's comment is the Bob Tedy's my mentor. And he, he's told me two things now that we're right in the middle of on this discussion. One is the 80-20 rule, problem solver versus goal setter. The other thing that he did, I may have mentioned on a previous show, is I was having breakfast with him and he said, how's it going, Tom? And I said, oh, you know, I'm kind of overwhelmed. I got more than I can handle. He goes, well, what do you mean? And I I said, well, somebody will bring me an idea that I think is a good one and my shoulders will just sag because the weight of it, knowing that it is a good idea, but I don't have the energy or the capacity to solve it overwhelms me or a problem will walk in my office and my shoulders will sag because I just don't have the time right now to give it the attention it needs and it's just going to linger. And this is what he said. He said, Tom, you're asking yourself the wrong question. The question isn't, how do I do this? The question is, who does this? He says, Tom, you're probably not the best one to solve that problem or to launch that new program. There's probably somebody else better suited, more, uh, you know, gifts and talents in that area so leaders think who, not how. The right who figures out the how. Yeah. And so I love what he said. I need help from others solving problems. We all do. That's a, that's a key linchpin type moment where, you know, others are the things that exponentially allow you to achieve your goals and solve your biggest problems. Well, okay. So, so right on that, we've got a couple that, that kind of bump up against that. Tony here says, 
Uh, he likes to solve problems. You can have a problem to solve without an actual goal. Okay, interesting. And right after that, Robert says he likes to solve problems. He can take someone's idea, do something with it. Um, and I like basically saying I like to fix. I like to fix things. Okay, so obviously we we have people. I mean, gosh, there's there's professions, you know, plumbing, uh, where you're primarily, you know, a lot of times you're fixing a problem. Can you do that without an actual goal? I mean, you got to have a motive. I mean, you're not going to fix if if you don't. If there's a problem that you're not going to fix, uh, but you're not. Let me say it the other way. You're not going to fix a problem unless there's a goal. Either I'm so I'm challenging that, Tom. What do you think? I mean. If, uh, even if it's just the fulfillment of fixing something or you're getting paid to fix something, I, I struggle with the, would we fix a goal without, or I'm sorry, would we fix a problem without a goal? There's gotta be a payoff, right? Yeah. Well, I say this about goal setting. I say there's only one thing worse than setting a goal and not achieving it. And everybody guesses, oh, not setting a goal at all? And I'm like, no, that's that's not it. It's setting the wrong goal and achieving it. <laughs> okay, yeah. Right? Because why? Because you end up in a place you didn't mean to end up, and you've invested time, energy, and money to get there. And so, in in essence, solving the problem in and of itself is the goal if it satisfies the customer, makes your life easier, gives you immediate gratification or long-term gratification or moves you closer to a place of, you know, contentment or happiness in your life. So in the essence of solving the problem, it is in and of itself a goal in that way. I don't know of many people who spend a lot of time solving problems that don't matter. And in, in consulting and yeah. coaching and what we do, I'll, I'll tell leaders, I'll say, don't ever ask a question that you're not willing to solve. Hmm. Hmm. And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, it, right now, Kevin, it's awesome. Dallas, it's 103 degrees. Dude, that is a problem in my book. That is a problem. Now, in some parts of Dallas, there's warehouses that don't have air conditioning. Mm -hmm. They have fans. And I can tell you right now, and for the next couple of weeks, the people working in those warehouses are going to be hot. Yeah. So if the manager leadership sends an email out, hey, are y'all hot? <laughs> Unless he's willing to give them two weeks off with pay or install air conditioning in the warehouse, don't ask that question. Yeah. Right. And so what we want to make sure is when we set a goal, it's the right goal. And when we solve a problem, it's a problem that's worth solving. Surely out there, somebody has invented a self-contained suit that's air conditioned. That seems, hmm. that seems possible. That's be gas powered or something. I don't know. seems like it, it should be solar powered. You're in the sun anyways. I don't know. Either way. That's, that's a bad problem. I'm glad I don't have that one out here. Well, okay. So on this, you know, here Josh says, achieving goals by solving problems. Um, Jeff says, ever since Tom Ziegler mentioned making a list of your problems, I ran with it. It's so much easier than setting goals, and I have been able to attack six of my problems. And then he puts in parentheses, goals. So, you know, again, we're getting a lot of this. Somewhat people are citing some semantics. Is it really different? To me, it still comes to what motivates you. And as we are, my gosh, Ziegler is all about goals. We need to know, we've got to know what we're going towards. 
Uh, we've got to have that rudder. We've got to have that destination. But I feel like what you and how you presented this, you're saying, look, it is, it is similar. But if goals don't motivate you, and some people don't, some people that it just doesn't resonate, but problems do. Hey, here's a problem. I don't make enough money to do the things I want to do. I want to solve that problem instead of, hey, I want to make a goal of doubling my income. It doesn't matter. What does matter, though, is the motivation, which we know if you don't have that, then it doesn't matter what you put down. Goal problem. We're talking about motive. And so, I mean, you're talking about psychology here, bottom line. Right. And I'll, I'll give you a scenario and I'm going to use stereotypes, but when we go in and, and, you know, one of the things I'm really excited about at Ziegler is we have a new partnership with Sandler and Sandler sales is the largest sales training company in the world. And they're representing us in the corporate market. So I'm going to use a sales example. If we go into a sales organization and we're talking to the VP of sales and we're talking about implementing a sales training program, we're going to ask the VP of sales, what are your goals? You know, how much growth do you want to have? You know, what markets do you want to go into? Okay, that's all goal side focused. If it's the CFO, we're going to, we're going to talk about the problems. What's the cost of doing nothing? I mean, right now right. you have 23% turnover in your sales force and statistically one and a half times the salary is what it costs to replace, recruit, train, develop, and ramp up a salesperson. So 23%, you've got a hundred salespeople, they're making 60,000 a year, 20, you know, 23%, 23 salespeople leave 60, you know, one and a half times the salary is the cost. That's 90,000 a person times 23. That's a problem because the CFO is like, gosh, $1.8 million just left the building. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so the motives, and here's the cool thing. We solve the sales problem. Retention goes from 23 to 15%. Right. So we save eight salespeople times 90,000 and then sales go up 15%. And you put it, those two numbers against the investment in the program and you got a winner. So really to get somebody really fired up about achieving a goal, they've also got to look at it from the problem side, which is the cost of doing nothing. Right. So in goal setting, a lot of times when I'm coaching somebody in goal setting, I'll say, uh, what's your goal? Okay, that's great. How long have you had it? Oh, you know, I've been thinking about this for three years. Well, how do you feel about the progress that you've made? Well, not really good. Well, what if you don't do anything differently over the next year? How are you going to feel? Oh, I'm not going to feel good at all. Well, what does that mean to you? Well, that means that I'm stuck where I am. Well, what does that mean to you? And all of a sudden we're, we're digging into the problem is this, and it creates this kind of pain. And so a lot of times we create motivation around, hey, I don't like that pain anymore. I'm going to go over here and do a little extra work, get goal focused, get solution oriented, and I'm going to create the life I want. And so the gap isn't from where they are to the growth. It's the now they're comparing it to the pain that they're getting away from to the new level of growth that they're going to have. And that's a much bigger reason to move forward when you add those two together. When we fast, we stop eating food and allow our body to repair. The research on the benefits and the reset is profound. The problem is we like food. 
We're addicted to food. Me too. Missing a meal or a day of eating is terrifying to a lot of people. So here is Prolon. It's a revolutionary plant-based nutrition program that nourishes the body while making the cells believe they're fasting. Prolon is not a diet. It's science based on Nobel Prize winning discoveries in medicine. Prolon provides a five-day program where you get snacks and soups and beverages all designed to keep your body in a fasting state while taking away the difficulty and mindset of deprivation. I've fasted for five days with nothing but water and my physical and mental state was incredible. My struggle was just wanting to fulfill my habit of eating. It was significant. Prolon took that away. It's amazing. I feel like I'm cheating, but getting the benefits of fasting. So right now, Prolon is offering what drives you listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. So go to Prolon Life dot com slash Kevin. That's P-R-O-L-O-N life dot com slash Kevin for the special offer. My family's big on candlelight, nice smells, essential oils, but most air fresheners and candles release dangerous chemicals into the air and water-based essential oil diffusers can diffuse harmful contaminants in your water and into the air you breathe. Aroma True is the state-of-the-art waterless atomizing diffuser that transforms essential oils into a fine mist without the need for water, which means no more sticky messes and worries about mold or bacteria. Aroma True's innovative design efficiently disperses up to four oils at a time, allowing you to create your own custom fragrance blends with just the touch of a button. Aroma True also provides sustainably produced USDA certified organic or wildcrafted essential oils, so you're breathing in only the purest and highest quality quality fragrances. That's what I want in my house. So you can sign up for Aroma True's Insider Club. And today you'll receive a free waterless oil diffuser and a free lemon eucalyptus oil. That's over 200 bucks in savings. So go to aromatrueorganics.com slash Kevin to take advantage of this exclusive offer. That's A-R-O-M-A-T-R-U-O-R-G-A-N-I-C-S.com forward slash K-E-V-I-N. You can join Aroma True's Insider Club and scent your home organically. I live high up in the Rocky Mountains where the air is clean and fresh as possible, but then I step indoors and I'm breathing in untold amounts of toxins and allergens from paint and carpet and cleaning chemicals and pets and furniture and appliances and mold and so on. Studies show the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air anywhere you are. And in some places it's a hundred times worse than that. Well, the solution is to get an air purifier and air doctor is just the best out there. It filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen and pet dander and dust mites and mold and even bacteria and viruses so your lungs don't have to try to do that. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com. You can use the promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get the special deal, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin. Yeah, you, you covered some, some big ground and Okay, I do have a question. I'm going to read a couple more though, but then I'm, I, I do have a question I'm going to post uh, to you there. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. 
92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Sean says, uh, good question. I'm curious though, why so many here are saying solving problems. Is it because goal setting requires planning risk and the possibility of failure? Whereas solving problems, other people's problems anyway, is easier because we don't have an attachment to the outcome. What if we have a personal problem we want to solve, but don't know how does that make it a goal? And he just says, there's a few, a few things to ponder. Um, I, I mean, there is some, there, there is some chicken or the egg aspect in here. And so as you were talking just a minute ago, I'm thinking, okay, if we have a, well, let me just ask you, have you experienced this? Somebody who has a goal. Okay. I mean, they have a goal. There's something that they want to achieve. And yet, just like you talked about, you go in the years past and they haven't done it. Have they not then taken the necessary steps to say, okay, what is it going to take to achieve that goal? And it probably is a bunch of problems, or we would say challenges, because if, if it's not a decent, a goal with challenges, it's probably a lame goal. That's a little bit too easy. Now, on the other side, if we state the problems and we see this as well, people who have problems and they have problems and three years go by and they have problems and they gripe and they complain, I would say they probably have not been clear on, okay, do you have a goal? What's a motive to take care of these? They obviously don't. They're like what you talked about, the dog, you know, laying on the nail and it doesn't hurt enough to roll off. So in a sense, could you take two similar people, one goal driven, one problem driven, and say, you both got to the problem driven guy. You've got to understand a goal. Or you're never going to be motivated to go after it. The goal driven person, you've got to make a list of the problems. Or you're never going to take the steps to go forward. Is that a fair shakeout? I, th I think, I think that's, you know, I think in some cases that's pretty fair, um, to do. I think, uh, Sean, I just want to say you and I think the same way. <laughs> uh, I'm going to call you an intellectual engineer. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, because you know, here's the thing. We live in a performance based culture. True. M my value to the world is how well I perform. Well, if on a scale of one to 10, my standard is a seven and I can do seven in my sleep, then I'm satisfied. Everybody's around me is satisfied. But if I, if I set a goal to move my performance to an eight or a nine, and it's harder than I thought, then all of a sudden I confuse <clears throat> my success or failure in the goal with the value I bring as a person. Hmm. And so here's the, here's the Ziegler mind shift that you've got to make. And, and we didn't invent this. Uh, failure is learning. It's not failure, especially when it comes to growth. Dad had the greatest quote of all time on this. He said, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly until you learn to do it well. And so I really do believe that some people don't set goals, don't set higher aspirations because they fear if they don't achieve it, that others will think less of them and they will think less of themselves. That's why, uh, especially in athletics, you will hear coaches say, it's the process, it's the process, it's the process. 
we judge our performance, we judge our week, we judge everything that we do on our dedication and diligence to the process. In other words, we can control the process, but we can't always control the outcome of the game. Mm -hmm. There are funny bounces. There are superior opponents sometimes. There are illnesses and injuries and weather conditions. But when we look back and we say, should I take satisfaction in that game? Did I commit 100% to the process and put in the work? I did. Did I, did I do everything possible during the game to win? I did. Did I, did I get the deal? Did I win the job? Did I get the, no, I didn't. Is that defeat? I don't think so because you're a better person than when, before you tried. Mm -hmm. One of the things I had to learn in sales, going back to a sales example is I started counting the no's. It took me seven no's to get a yes. Mm -hmm. So I would celebrate a no and a yes. Because both of them meant victory. I was one step closer when I got a no to a yes. And when I got a yes, I got a commission. So either way, I win. Whatever answer you give me, the better I like it. What I can't stand is wait or maybe or mm -hmm. next week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes and no is the goal. I learned that from a guy named, I think it was Zig Ziglar, actually, is where I, I learned <laughs> that one. Okay. Well, there are so many. I would love to read them all, but for the sake of time here, I'm going to end us on two, Tom, that are both, uh, you know, pro uh, both sides that we can talk about. Andrew here, he says, uh, might be a bad comparison. I think it's apples and oranges that you're dealing with, but I think they're similar. Solving problems oftentimes comes to you by default, kind of reactionary. That, this speaks to that pain that we were talking about, how we tend to react to pain more. Uh, whereas achieving goals is pro-actionary. But to answer your question myself, after some reflection, I'd have to say I'm more motivated by goals. It's when I set them, they are kind of set in stone, and I am intentional to achieve them. Whereas my motivation for problem solving is based on the seriousness of the situation. Am I motivated to fix the broken pipe in my sink? You better believe I am. On the other hand, am I motivated to clean uh, or to patch the hole in my garden hose? Not so much. Okay, I like that. So he's saying setting a goal in stone is what really drives him. If he looks at it as a problem, it depends on the seriousness of the situation. Okay, I'm going to follow that then, Tom, with D here. She says, I'm more motivated by solving problems. Reaching a goal is a nice idea. When I get distracted or don't want it badly enough, my goal becomes an unfinished project. Solving a problem has the potential to help the whole world. As uh, Grant Cordon suggests, it becomes a moral issue. If I don't solve this problem, people all over the world will continue to have this problem. Solving the problem has the potential to enrich my life and the lives of others. For those who strive to be followers of Christ, we can fall into an unearthly selflessness. You've talked about this on the Ziegler show. We sometimes forsake our own personal goals in favor of helping others, or we are more likely to follow through with solving our problems because the outcome will directly benefit others also. I like both of those so much. Both are great perspectives on what for these people feel like the root issue is. And for Andrew, the root is a goal. Set it in stone, go forward. And, and honestly, I'd have to say that when I think of Zig Ziglar and, and his, you know, the message on goals, it seems to be more like that, that proactive approach to figuring out what you want in life, auditing that, and then setting it out there and going after it. But then, of course, and obviously, and then this is what you brought the whole thing up for, Tom. Here, Dee is saying that for her, it's much more tangible to have a problem that she wants to solve. But, but it still brings us back, Tom, to your stat. 
that 80% of people seem to say that they are problem driven. And that's, it is interesting, especially coming from you. You're Tom Ziegler, man. You're, you're, you're the Ziegler goals. God here. Uh, (laughs) this it's kind of a wrench, isn't it? What are you going to, you need a new product. Um, I wouldn't, but I guess, you know, that's something that you guys have dealt with over the years of, uh, that it's not all goals. You know, that that's not what drives everybody, but this is, this is significant. I I mean, the goal here, Tom, well, well, I'll ask you, what is the goal in bringing this stat up? I assume it's to help equip people and Hey, whatever it is that drives you. Yep. So here's, I'm going to put together a couple of thoughts. Uh, one from Jim Rohn and one from Zig Ziglar. So dad said, and he, he probably read this from somebody. He said, there's three kinds of motivation. There's the carrot and stick, right? Yeah. There's, there's a reward motivation, you know, the commission, the dream house. And then there's the stick. That's the pain, right? That's the fear. So, and then there's, and neither one of those are sustainable. If you're trying to motivate yourself or if you're trying to motivate other people to do something, the carrot and stick only goes so far. But then there is the third type of motivation, which is the one that is sustainable from the inside out. And it's called growth motivation. Hmm. So Jim Rohn said this, he said, don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better. Hmm. And so I think the happy middle ground here is whether it's a problem that we love solving or it's a goal that we really want to go after, or you're kind of like me and you can see the the coin with two sides and you're actually working diligently on both of them. The ultimate goal to me, the ultimate problem to solve to me is to become the person that automatically has the habits and the equipment to deliver either in achieving the goal or solving the problem. And that's growth motivation. And so when I look through an experience, did I grow? Did I learn? Am I more capable? Can I actually solve more problems that the world needs solved? Can I achieve that dream that I have? If I'm closer to that, then there's victory in that. So get, get your, uh, get your satisfaction from the process, the diligence of becoming the person who's better as Jim Rohn says. Okay. I did not know that he said that. So growth motivation, I have not heard that, but I I can't hear that without calling out to to, to somebody I'm pretty enamored with right now, which is Carol Dweck. And she has a lot of content. She's really come to the forefront in recent years on the growth or fixed mindset. So if anybody's hearing this and you happen to know Carol Dweck, let me know. I want to interview her. Uh, it's, it's a great, I actually have a picture. It's a one page picture, an image on what it means to be growth minds, growth minds, have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. Talked to it with my kids about it. It's on our refrigerator door. So there you go. So if anybody knows her, let me know. I want to interview her, Tom. We, I want to talk about it cause you'll love it, but I did not know that Jim Rohn. So that means this, this is not new news as most things are not growth motivation. I I love it, man. Thank you for coming up with this. I think I really do believe Tom that it's going to free, just like the one guy testified to that putting it in this perspective, since he heard you say it has helped him go after things and more tangibly achieve them. That's, that's the point of the show. So, uh, thank you. We'll uh, just send us all an invoice. You got it. All right. Thanks brother. 
Okay, friends, I'm really hoping and expecting that many of you, maybe 80%, just got a new lease on life regarding goals. You are now free to go after problems that you acutely feel and want to solve. Hey, me too. Let's go do it. And if you got value from this show, will you please let us know? Let Tom know what you got out of this profound message and leave a review in iTunes. Mention what you got from this specific show, if you would, and mention Tom. Hey, I'll share what's coming up next in our following show or after I share some great resources with you. Well, coming up next in show 597, we are back with executive coach Ed DeCosta, our guest in show 591. Uh, This time we go behind the scenes to get his personal habits for success following the seven spokes on the Ziggler Wheel of Life. I really appreciate his statement of we create habits and they create us. I've repeated that statement multiple times since our conversation. You're going to get a lot from it. Well, till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. It's not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep your operation running, no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup. But we get you Raymond in Buffalo, Maria in Miami, and Jules and Troy, taking control of everything that's under your control. At Granger, we're here for you with high-quality supplies for every industry, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to help. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.